0: Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. (laughs) I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. All right. Welcome to America's premier true crime podcast, radio broadcast, and generalized social irritants. True crime uncensored. I am the legendary Burl Bear. Guy right there, that's Mark C.G. Boyer. I certainly hope so. Yep. We'll do an ID check later. Produced by Magic Matt Allen, who might be in the Radio Hall of Fame as custodian.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll find out sooner or later. If you go on YouTube and type in the search field Burl Bearer and Daniel Jenis, you'll find uh, the very first interview we did with Daniel. Yep. Uh, was that 2015, something like that?
2: I think 2015, but yeah, yeah.
0: Something like that. More than two weeks ago. Was, we were so impressed. We, uh, Howard and I had him back the very next week. And uh, we've had him on periodically uh, ever since. And uh, he was on a couple weeks ago. And it was so exciting and uh, just pulse-pounding. And we couldn't find anybody else, so we called Daniel. <laughs> we were excited very... Well, he,
2: he
1: is our favorite Jewish fellow. Yes, that's true. That's,
2: that's kind of you. Yeah. That's kind of you. But I, I, I got to tell you that your, your biggest friend is Putin because um, I had a lot of stress schedules because of my book that came out, Sentence.
0: My stress? Was,
2: I have, yes, I have interviews and appearances to talk about my book. Right. That just came out in February. And the war in the Ukraine started two days after the release of my book. That's not fair, not fair at all. So unfair. I had so many things canceled. Because of uh, Putin's little war in the Ukraine, which uh, which is and it leaves me very conflicted because I'm mostly Ukrainian by by birth, you know, by blood. Yep. Uh, You know, I'm 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 twice over upset at Putin.
0: Yeah, so am I because uh, my family came from the Ukraine also. Yeah. So, uh, my family was the, lifted by a crane once. Lifted by a crane. Yeah, she used to watch, yeah. he, used to watch that TV show with Bob Crane, but that's entirely different.
2: <laughs> I, I see, I see. Uh, so, you're, uh, I, I expected there to be uh, a Russian translation of the book fairly soon, considering that uh, my father is kind of, a, kind of a famous writer in Russia. But now with uh, the sanctions and everything... I don't think so.
1: Uh, have you talked to him about this? Of course. And what is his take Wait,
2: wait, do you, you mean Putin or do you mean my father?
1: No, your father. The <laughs> what is your oh, father's uh, take on yes. what's going on?
2: Well, my father's horrified. I, as he put that 30 years of his of work has been destroyed uh, because he built himself quite a reputation and now he can no longer make money in Russia. He uh, has he works with opposition. You know he's he's very much against Putin, and against the the you know the fascist state they got going on in Moscow. So uh, he, you know he's not happy with all this. But the sanctions are especially rough because he made his money in Russia. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: difficult. Now, I got a question for you. My memory serves me well, and you can correct me because you know more about this than I do. Isn't the Ukraine kind of the breadbasket supply?
2: Absolutely. Now, the thing is, not only is the Ukraine the breadbasket of of, the Soviet Union, the Ukraine is also the home of the Russian people because the... the the Rus, the, the tribe of Rus, they come from Kiev. Ooh. That's when they first took out Christianity from Byzantine, you know, Byzantine converter monks. Right, who, uh, traveled those lands, and uh, Moscow was nothing at the time. It, it really only arose three hundred years later, after the Mongols.
0: Right, right. We had so a couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't uh, Russia. Go to uh, the Ukrainians and say, listen, you're the breadbasket, you're the historical origin, let us give you a bunch of money and do business with you and buy your fruits and vegetables and grains. and." Well,
2: that is, that is what's been happening for the longest. But the, the, the question is how much money. See, Russia makes so much money transporting its Siberian natural resources to Europe. Yeah. Sending natural gas to heat up German cities every winter. And uh, the pipeline goes through the Ukraine. They're building pipelines that go around the Ukraine to avoid the problems. So they go through Belarus or they go south through Iran, anything to not touch the Ukraine. But uh, they're not done yet. And as a result, the Ukraine kept asking for higher tariffs for the natural gas to pass through. No, well, that's, that's
0: like Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Uh, as you probably know, my, my darling daughter was offered an incredible sum of money by the, uh, what do you call it? Blackwater, whatever they changed their name to, to go to Afghanistan and do data crunching for the American corporations who were there in anticipation of the natural gas pipeline from India or someplace, which is a lot of what Afghanistan was about. Uh, uh. And uh, she said No. <laughs> He said, we all have a six-man bodyguard team. He said, said, honey, bodyguards are going to do you good with a bomb. You know,
2: Yeah, well you know the, the in Afghanistan they just had a problem with school the, the Taliban had one of the uh, things they promised was that they would let the girls go to school Right. and they, they, they thought they were just kidding.
0: Oh a joke, I should have known. Yeah, yeah such they a won't sense have to human.
2: let the girls go to school and it's awful, they still ask it in their faces, I mean what these things they do like it's medieval, you know
0: I, a, you know, the weird thing yeah. is the thing with the the covering the entire body with those doors. That's not in the Quran.
2: That's I'm aware of. That
0: they made they made that up.
2: <laughs> yes, I am aware. You know, same thing with cauterectomy with the uh, so-called female circumcision. Oh, that's, that's horrible. Not, yeah, but that's not that's not heretical. That's that's not written. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's a local custom in in the whole world of Africa that became Islamic after conversion. But you know, uh, the Horn of Africa is not the only place where atrocities happen. I stole my share of, of terrible things in, in prison itself.
0: Uh, I know, was uh, gonna ask you about that. You know, the, I was reading a, a series of studies on prisons and the interracial aspects. They tried at one time to put like the, the warring factions in the same cells. You know, like put a neo Nazi and a, you know, a black African separatist in the same cell together, figuring that. A bad idea. Bad idea. But they did find out what did work, which I thought was very interesting. They lied. They told the prisoners that there was this dam, uh, uh, you know, like the blocks of water was breaking, and the prison was going to be flooded. They were all going to die unless they built these walls of something or other, you know, sandbags uh-huh. and this, that, and they all worked together. Well, that makes sense. Of
2: course, a common enemy.
0: Right. And that broke down those barriers and the barriers didn't go back up. <laughs> Once they were down, they were down.
2: Do you oh, that's, think... Yeah, but that Serve prisons very well. Prison, prisons rely on the uh, division internal division between prisoners. There's way too many prisoners for the number of guards. If you look at the ratios, you know if you have you know, I don't know what it is in maximum security, I think it was seven uh, prisoners for every staff member. but that counts by how the prisoners actually is responsible for many more prisoners of that number. And there's, there's very limited means by which they can retain control. I mean, terror is one of them. By having a monopoly on violence, yep. I, I saw guys get to a prison, and 15 minutes later, their teeth got knocked out. That's how I look at an example and show them that at this prison, the cops running. Oh, so boy. I always knew when I, when I was coming into a new place and I traveled to 12 different prisons, I always knew to be very, very careful on that first day. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: you could be toothless Daniel Jennis. Mm. Yeah,
2: I met a guy who was eyeless. Eyeless Eric. Oh, uh, but they uh, bl- I don't know.
0: They blinded I don't remember him? If
2: his, they, they knocked his eyeball out with a stick with, a with a with you know, a baton. And it was just that kind of incident where he was in transit and it was one... Cops were out of control, like, 40 people, and in order to show who was in charge, he, this guy was a loud mouth. He was difficult, even with one eye, and uh, he must have been extra difficult that day because the cop used his stick on his head and knocked the eye right out of his head. It was, all, it was an awful thing.
1: Whoa. Do you think that um, this people bus- in bus- general have to have somebody to hate? in general need someone to hate? Yeah, you know, um, do you think people just need to have somebody else to point to, make fun of, blame for?
2: Well, it certainly appears that way. I mean, uh, the prisoners always had somebody beneath them who was worse than them, because they already felt like they are at the bottom of society's ladder. So, for example, pedophiles (laughs) were the worst, right? Yeah. But in, in the world of pedophiles, who could really interact with nobody but fellow pedophiles, they had their own. Uh, this guy messed with teen girls, so he's okay. But this one touched little boys, so he's the worst. And then, even amongst those people, you'd have who's been, you know, who got raped and who did it. Anyone, you know, who got uh, assaulted was at the bottom of the barrel because he was a victim. So, it's, 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 it's a cruel world, but yes, human beings do seem to look for somebody to, you know, be well, better than.
0: At Washington State Penitentiary, in the town where I grew up, now later on I uh, established a program in the prison, uh, via Mind Development Incorporated, that was worked, uh, the idea was to reduce recidivism, which didn't make the warden too happy because they can on repeat business. But, uh, I thought it was very interesting how, how some of the prisoners adapted to what they learned. We did a lot of them this thing of, of not doing what you were talking about, of you know finding someone to blame for their their issues and taking a, you know taking on their own self-determination, self-reliance, uh, you know, self-evaluation. And at the end of the program, one of the fellows came up and said, "I can't thank you enough for what I learned." And I'm really going to put this into practice. I said, how do you plan on doing that? He said, next time I pull a bank job, I'm doing it all by myself.
2: <laughs> I wonder if he did, don't you?
0: Uh,
2: what? I mean, don't you wonder whether he, uh, Because so, pretty much everybody I knew who was locked up for bank robbery was snitched on. Apparently, it's quite easy to get away with it. If you just get the, the money at the tellers, uh-huh. don't go for the vault. Just yeah. pass the note, don't do anything violent, and, and walk out. Yeah. They, don't, they have orders to not stop you. And I always thought
0: Punch was cool when he, he he rented the office next door to the room where the vault was. He came out of the broom closet when the vault opened.
2: <laughs> what a fact.
0: Yeah. They took everything out of the vault, went back into the broom closet, into the other uh, building, into the other room, you know, rented, and walked out, got to
1: drain, drove away. Wow, I thought it was pretty clever. Reminds me of the uh, the Lady Killers. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the remake, which I loved.
0: Ella is a good bank robber. He had a great career as an actor too.
1: <laughs> but that's what they did in the Lady Killers. They were at, they were uh, employed at the uh, riverboat, and there was uh, uh it was connected loosely to where the money was, and they just spent months digging a big tunnel from inside the maintenance room into where the vault was and when they and then they collect they They sold the money they
2: were the band right (laughs) they were they were practicing on medieval instruments that's correct
1: yeah and then they basically went ahead and then they fixed they filled the hole back in the tunnel Mm -hmm. and then they they redid the wall they had destroyed so that there was essentially nowhere to. how did they do this type thing yeah.
0: Well, that was like... A when the, uh, I know, we're digressing here, but mostly people went up in prison, when uh, uh, Punch's dad was doing the uh, uh, heist in the Diamond District, and there was one going on the 13th floor of a building, and the cops couldn't get up there because the doors were locked, and then the doors to the doors were locked, and they couldn't figure out how the people were getting in and getting out. They finally ordered night vision goggles that were used in the Vietnam War so they could try to see what was going on. And what they discovered was essentially trapeze artists <laughs> <laughs> oh, repelling rappel- yeah. from other skyscrapers on ropes to the 13th floor of this you know building now this wasn't you know pasta stuffed mafia thugs these were trained professional athletes which said thought was very clever course they couldn't catch all of them because <laughs> the cops couldn't repel off these buildings with ropes, etc. But uh, I thought, that, you know, you have to be innovative in modern crime. Hmm. You can't even do that stuff anymore with all the cameras, <clears> No, no. Cities like uh, London and New York,
2: you know, they have the entire metro district in, in, in uh, observation. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would have I been caught even faster if I could done it
0: today. Too bad they didn't catch you before you started.
2: You know I mean? Yeah, I was thinking of caught me that fast.
0: Adolva, think, yeah, there I'm- is a silver lining to all this. More on this book, which is an excellent book, ladies and gentlemen. You must buy it immediately if you haven't bought it already. Sentence. Sentence. By Daniel Janis,
2: well, you like to say I made more money than I made my robberies. Well,
0: that if you had just been, you know, working a minimum wage gig, it came you? Did those ten years it's just your reward? See, well,
2: <coughs> not know, I'll take God God being poor. hard way to make money. Yeah, that
0: is that is. I mean, what's his name? The guy. Uh, oh, I had his name right there on the tip of my tongue, and it fell off. Uh, he was a bank robber. That was. Uh,
2: Willie Sutton. Willie Sutton? well, he's a, what about him?
0: Willie Sutton got an American Express card. Finally, after he was out long enough. And uh, he said that if you added up how much money he got from his bank robberies and the time he did in prison, and you did that by, you know, dollar per hour, he would have done better working a minimum wage job during that time. yeah, me well
2: listen, of course I mean look, my robbery, my, my amateur foolish robberies of the, the apologetic granted, only debt is seven hundred dollars.
0: But you see it's not how That's much you I stole, think. it's the law you broke.
2: Well, yeah, I, I got five pounds of B de- felonies, you know. Mm.
0: <clears throat> That's why one should only hey, do this,
2: you, know, you know what's interesting, bro? What? I, I realize that there will be people who will read the book, my book. Hopefully, they'll allow it into prison. There'll be people who will recognize themselves in, in the tales of my book. Yes, that, that gives me a good feeling. I hope because uh, I, I wrote pretty well about everybody. I, mean, I you know, you I did. Add, add, add. I was
0: very impressed by that. You portray people very well uh, within the context of their. So, uh, pathologies, shall we say. Yes. <clears throat> the
2: you're, piece. you're saying that I, I, I didn't... I, I, I told people that they were guilty, because uh, that's one bit of nonsense I'm not going to play with, that people are kept in jail for nothing. You know, everybody in jail, does, they don't pretend they're innocent. Uh, they do that only... Uh, um, uh, but so, but uh, people are being sentenced to help in prison for something that they might have done for 50 seconds and and then defines, you know, a quarter of their
1: life. Right. Um, I found so, interesting when you in in the material, um <clears throat> where you're talking about uh, being white and being in the minority.
2: Oh yeah, that was such a switcher I, I had said before, even though I am a minority neighbor, I had gone to high school with only six white kids in my not high school, but in my in my school up until high school, I was one of six. And it was a three thousand person school uh, because it was Washington Heights. Uh, but you know, in prison things are very different. If you're white, you're in a very special situation.
0: That's why punch pretended was Puerto Rican.
2: Well, that's yes, yeah, that's, that's not exactly true. Pretended as something. <laughs> you know, I, I never pretended to be something I'm not because I thought people would be able to tell immediately.
0: Well, yeah, that's kind of true. You look like you.
2: Well, it's you... Bad, I also sound like me. And it's also, you know, I would have had to... What would I have done to fit in better? Pretend that I'm not educated or that, that I've never been anywhere or done anything? You know? It it's just it, it didn't make any sense. Besides, I, I found that people who, who disliked me on sight were the bullies. Yes, and and nine out of ten people were in fact interested in someone like me because they didn't get to meet too many, and they had a thousand questions to ask. How do you get a passport? What's what's Paris like? Who's your dad? You know, yeah. things Who, like that.
1: Did you um? <clears throat> did you have any issues? You, you walk and have to make a choice. You know, be yourself be or be it. somebody else. Yes, I, I immediately had to choose, yes.
2: Uh, and I had, and I had, had up for myself to demonstrate that I was willing to uh, make it costly to mess with me. So I'm not saying you have to win every fight, but you definitely participate.
0: That sounds dangerous.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the, the other solution to run away or hide is much more dangerous.
1: That's true, because too. Because
2: you, when you're a snitch or a rat or a punk,
1: and or just a target to be bullied.
2: Yeah, you'll, you'll be a marked fan for the rest of your bid. I I knew that. I saw that. I, I just thought that happened to me. I don't think anybody does. You think people really want to fight? I mean, I'm sure there are people who like fighting, whether they win or lose, but most people don't want to fight, but they have to. They feel they have to because they don't want to be treated badly.
0: Yeah. They have to prove their worth, that they're okay. What they- well,
2: they're bad, but they have to prove that, 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 that there will be some kind of consequence that's messing with them, to taking something away from them, to talking badly to them, you know? So, what, once again, it doesn't matter whether you win the fight or not, but willing to, you know, react. Yeah. Keep in mind, whether you win or lose a fight, you're still gonna get locked up for it, and, you know, maybe you won't go to the yard for 30 days, or maybe you'll even go to solitary for a little bit. But it's worth it. It's better for your reputation to go to solitary right at the beginning of your bid, and uh, you know, have people know that you're not a punk.
0: No, I got a question for you. Have any prison that I've, I haven't been in as a prisoner, have any prison that I've gone to to either interview someone or to do, uh, do the uh, mind development classes that we did back in the 70s and 80s, uh, the, there seems to be a core group of hardcore anti-Semites, neo-Nazis. And then also you got, you got a few Jews in there. Right. Maybe real ones, so, maybe ones that just want to get the good food. Right. Well, how were yeah. you perceived and how, how you interacted with some of these neo-Nazis?
2: Okay, so... I also was expecting this to be a problem because I've, you know, watched a lot of TV and read books. And when I first entered Rocky's Island, I put down a, for my shape. I put sun. And do you know that a rabbi came to me and said, what is this you put sun?
0: And you said?
2: I said, is it going to be okay if I am? And he said, don't be ridiculous. Of course it is. And I signed up as a Jew, but I was still worried because, especially when I got upstate, I met a lot of guys who had prostitutes on them, who were still you know? And I was very, you know, I worked as the rabbi's clerk in four different prisons, so I was very openly a Jew. So uh, I thought that I'd have problems with these guys, but I got to tell you, I did not. Ha- I didn't have any problems with those guys. They found me a curiosity. These are people who usually come from, uh, you know, trailer parks. You know, they don't come. They don't come from Forty Seventh Street, Manhattan. So they'd never they seen a
0: real live Jew before. They were looking for your horns and you in your, your ante- tail.
2: <laughs> yes, I can tell you an anecdote about that. Please maybe. do. But, yeah, so, well, well, with the Jews, so one of them was who, who was called himself uh, a. a, a Profound he was everything Third Reich, so national socialist. And I used to ask him, Why do you hate Jews? And he would always brush me off and say, Ah, you know, because everybody hates them, everyone, you know why. I said, but tell me, really, tell me why. Tell me exactly why you hate the Jews. And he would not answer me. And finally, we were exercising together, and I held the weight over him. And I said, now, you, now I got you. Answer me, motherfucker. Why do you hate Jews? And you know what he said? He said, because. Because. They're so damn stupid. <laughs> That's when I realized he's never met a Jew. He has no idea what Jews are like if he hates Jews because they're stupid he doesn't know anything about them you can think of a lot of things called Jews what's stupid? <laughs>
0: so, and they're so uneducated
2: <laughs> so, yeah. so um, when you asked who I had the problems with as a Jew it turned out that couple of a very different uh, area the thing is is that there's a very strong uh, conversion uh, you know, amount of, of, of Muslims. There's a lot of uh, black guys coming to prison, and they don't have a strong grounding in any one religious faith, so they join Islam because there's benefits to it. And some of them really do, you know, read the Quran, learn Arabic, you know. Most mm-hmm. don't, to be honest, <laughs> but many do. Uh, in any case, they are taught to hate the Jews by by. by by that religion so fiercely, and they don't even know what they hate the Jews for. They just oh, are they, mean, uh, well, actually, the only people they hate more are homosexuals. They used to persecute the gay prisoners mercilessly, and uh, then they would they would go after the Jews too.
1: So I have to. Well, say, aren't, oh. aren't all Jews homosexuals? <laughs> hey, wait <laughs> a minute, Burl. Yeah. You promised we keep that between us? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs>
2: But they actually did say that. I wasn't given a lecture once about how there is no homosexuality in Africa, that it was brought to the African continent by Jews.
0: Of course. We're responsible for everything.
2: We, we brought that. We brought a little HIV, a little bit of, uh, you know. And in fact,
1: of a... all of the scientists in Wuhan oh, were Jewish. Did you know that?
2: Yes, those Chinese Jews. <laughs> those are the worst.
1: Chinese oh, do. Yeah, they
2: make the best food, though, don't they?
1: Yeah. Uh well, you know, too much MSG. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I
2: know. Well, you know, Chinese kosher it gets really expensive. I live in yes, Brooklyn, and uh, it does. we have the char- the kosher Chinese around us. Yeah. And uh, the menus look great, but things are exactly twice as much as they are at a non-kosher.
1: Yeah, well, you got a you know, you go out here to Fairfax Boulevard, and you see over. the
0: same thing. You know,
1: I've town. been just- yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been to
0: several kosher Chinese restaurants because Barb's son and his wife keep kosher.
1: That's right, right.
0: And so I've got a lot of kosher Chinese restaurants. You know, I'd have the kosher pulled pork, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, I,
1: I, I went with family,
2: too. Like, so. I don't care what you eat anyway. I know you. I'll I'll eat been it. A, if a, you cook it, wrong. I'll
0: eat it, Daniel. You know that.
1: I went to an Italian dude. restaurant with family, a kosher Italian restaurant, and that's I'm perusing the talent. menu, and my uh, cousin looks and goes, what are you looking for? And I said, I was looking for the, ch- the chicken parm, and as soon as it came out of my mouth...
0: <laughs> You're not going to get any chicken parmesan. <laughs> any. Oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> still, so of course.
1: Uh, right.
0: Yeah, plant-based uh, cheese. I wouldn't Oh, that's
1: what's no, you, you can have the cheese... Or you could have the, or you could have the meat. <laughs> Can have both. Yes, I, uh, well, I
2: had a. Know, in New York, we have either dairy restaurants or beef restaurants. Yeah, a milkshake
1: inflation, you know. Yes, and there
2: was a very good milk-a-dick, milkshake.
0: That's horrible. That's tragic, isn't it? <sighs> it is probably some uh, fundamentalist Christian plot. I uh, know. <laughs> no, no, that's they should have. Uh,
2: open actually, Well, we don't have fundamentalist Christians here. We have like. Voodoo Christianity Voodoo Because I live in an area that's now It's been renamed It's been called Little Haiti Oh yeah I can't believe This happened to me I moved in here You know When I moved in In 2017 This was just Flatbush Yep Now My neighborhood Even on the subway map, It's been changed To Little Haiti and I, I, there's no Haitian anything. There's no Haitian restaurants. There's no Haitian stores. I don't know why all that. There are many Haitians. I will I will say that. But I don't see any like infrastructure.
0: What about the Dominicans? Well, there used to be a lot of Dominicans taking over the Jewish neighborhoods because the Jews moved up and the Dominicans moved in.
2: Well, that's in that's in Manhattan. That's in Washington Heights, where I'm from. But here in Flatbush, it's, it's become Caribbean.
0: So, the Caribbeans are the new Lords of Flatbush. Uh, huh? The Caribbeans are the new Lords of Flatbush. Wasn't
2: that right. Awesome? I was just about to say, Lords of Flatbush. I live there, exactly. The Caribbeans, yes. Well, I'll tell you, I've come to learn about the differences. You know, first of all, I've just been in the Caribbean. I was in Puerto Rico not too long ago. Oh, I love Puerto wonderful. Rico. It's wonderful. It's it is. Wonderful. I think that everyone who goes to Puerto Rico starts wondering what it would be like to just live here forever. Yes, yes. But I'm I'm afraid of the summers. Hot, too hot. Yeah, I was in prison for 10 years. That meant 10 years of no air conditioning. Hmm. That means for the rest of my life, I choose air conditioning wherever I can.
0: And the air conditioning's off in Puerto Rico, huh?
2: Well, no, it's not that, but, but you know, you're not going to be inside all the time. No, I Much true. of life is outside. Uh, but you know, another thing I, I used to never get to prison was ice. So I like having ice water and ice, you know, soda when I'm allowed to have soda. I, 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 I'm making up for all the ice I didn't have. And, and you know what else? What? Food was never hot enough in prison, unless I made it myself. The food they served was always barely lukewarm. Ugh. So, I always have hot, hot soup these days. A so hot Eight hot borscht? Oh, yeah, borscht never again. I'm going to New Jersey tomorrow just to see my, my parents. Maybe I'll have some borscht.
0: Yeah, Wait, we're coming up on Passover here. You're going to ask the four questions? <coughs>
2: uh, guys, ha- you know ha- how many Passovers ha-ha-ha. I ran inside? I ran eleven I didn't run eleven, but so I, I I went to eleven Passover celebrations in prison. Really? Yeah, crazy, huh?
0: All the metaphors for freedom must have really been
2: Well, there's, yeah, there's that well, I remember one time Hotting the Candles made me cry inside. Mm-hmm. We were left alone in a dark room with the hot, hot the candles burning. Mm-hmm. and I thought to myself how, how you know this little bit of freedom has come come in through the walls through the darkness to, to light up my life for an evening and how grateful I was to the help I got from the Jews in prison
1: I'm really I'm really sad the um, uh, over almost m- m- more than 85 years the Bojarski Seder has been going on and our venue got sold uh, and we don't have anywhere to go. I don't know if we're going to have a seder this year. I'm really disappointed. What happened? Well, they—I uh, don't know. You don't—you don't know LA, but there's uh, uh, there's a a, um, a Ionic lodge that's on uh, um, uh, La Cienega between Pico and uh, uh, just past Pico. And uh-huh.
2: they uh,
1: finally sold the building after almost ninety years. What a shame! Yeah, it was kosher. Uh, they had a, a meeting hall with a kosher, kosher kitchen, and we rented it every year. So you find another place to rent. You rent the Y. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It has to be. It has to be within a reasonable walking distance for members. That's right. Apparently, That's and right. Have
2: kosher for Passover kitchen. We used to have the, the guys. We used to have these rednecks come with blow torches. And they were, the rabbi and his Mashiach, not, not Mashiach, uh, what's <laughs> the rabbi? The rabbi would instruct the rednecks on how to use the blowtorch on the oven.
1: Oh, yeah, but you had to get rid of all the hemats and you had to Right, socialize. right, right. And uh, just recently I was I was
2: contacted by an attorney who said his client was accused of starting an, an, an arsonist fire in a prison and his excuse was that he was cashering the oven and the oven. <laughs> That's
0: a good excuse. The lawyer,
2: you are, listen, the lawyer was asking a very specific question. He was asking, do they allow the inmate to wield the blowtorches for for doing this? And I said, absolutely not. No. They will take direction like the, the uh, civilian employees who are mostly like like I said, you know, country boys, they'll, they'll, they'll take direction from the from the Jewish staff, but they will never put that that welding gun or the, you know, blowtorch yeah. just in the hands of a prisoner.
0: Right. No, his defense kind of uh, came to naught. I was.
2: <laughs> I don't know. The guy got 15 years for the arson. Uh, uh, my. Uh, well, uh, you know, arson is treated very seriously because oh, people yes. can die so easily.
1: When I was uh, when I was a uh, a baby person, uh, <laughs> my, uh, than I well. got uh, roped into jury duty when like was twenty. Um, I wish I could go. The, um, it was a uh, uh, a big stupid argument fight between roommates, um, and one of the charges was that the defendant had brandished his nunchucks. If you don't know what those are, it's oh, two. It's two. Uh, you know, hand-sized cylinders made out of different material, metal, wood, uh, and a rope between. And if you've ever seen Bruce Lee spinning them around, those are nunchucks. And the, the defense attorney was his first case. The judge was occupied with other court business because all of the parolees would have to come in and report to this courtroom. So she wasn't paying direct attention. When okay. the defense attorney picked up the nunchucks, is walking toward the defendant and about to hand them, hand him the nunchucks to ask, "Are these yours?" And I'll never forget the blood, scur- the blood curdling scream that came out of her mouth. No, <laughs> I thought she was coming to hit him. No, she didn't want him to hand uh, her you know, a no, weapon. <laughs> Here, is this gun ah, yours? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: How about this machete? <laughs> uh, oh, The him. great Don Waldman, who was uh, co-host of this show, may he rest in peace, he was in the courtroom when someone showed up with a gun and tried to shoot the, uh, the other person in family law court. Oh, yeah. And bullets were flying in the courtroom.
2: How does that happen? How does anyone expect to
1: get away from something like that? Uh, well, you know, uh, you, you spent uh, 10 years in prison. Not everyone is smart.
2: <laughs> That's true. But, but usually people do have some kind of intention on, on escape. Uh, no,
1: no. Uh, at, at, at the moment where they lose control of common sense and decide that, you know, whatever it is they want to do is worth the consequences, all, all bets are off.
2: Worth the rest of your life inside. Well I guess some people do not well, with Well the if they company, don't consider
1: right? they don't You don't stop consider. and think about that. They just said you know, I'll deal with it. And go off and do the whatever horrible
0: thing. Like the horrible thing. Manling Williams here in in LA, poor woman. She was married. She had a couple kids. She has an affair with a guy at the uh, Subway sandwich shop. And as Burlbear said on TV, there was more being spread in the sandwich shop than mayonnaise. Uh, (laughs) They ran that on the soup. (laughs) Thank you very kindly. She kills her kids and then attacks her husband with a samurai sword, 97 slashes until he's dead, and then sits down and writes him a suicide note.
2: What <laughs> was the suicide note? I'm I, I really
1: intent on doing this? <laughs> but I'm very poor aim. It may take a while. <laughs> it
0: take a while. I, I chopped off my fingers with the defensive, you know, putting my hands up. But... But she actually wrote him a suicide note after she chopped him to death with a samurai sword. Mm. Brilliant. They don't think, they just act, you know, irrationally. Which I can understand because I've done that myself. Not in terms of killing people, but I've acted irrationally. In the past, where I was well, off my meds? Yes, the, uh, yeah, you decided to go into radio. That's true. Horribly irrational. But I did very well for a
1: while. Well, so I got lucky. Yeah, I got lucky.
0: <laughs> I got lucky because Father Duffy, alias Buona Johnny, got hit by a train. Actually, he hit the train. <sighs> uh, there was a, In order to get to the radio station, you had to drive across the railroad tracks. And he's speeding to get to his show because he's running a little late. There was a uh, flatbed railroad car. On the track, and he could see over the flatbed and drove right into it, full speed. Wow. He was lucky he wasn't killed, but he could not play the hits <laughs> because his arms were in casts and his neck brace and everything else. And I had just taken every last cent I had and used it to pay three months ahead on a condo on Mercer Island, figuring in three months I'll somehow get enough money to pay the fourth month. I got home from making that deal, and there was a message on the answer machine from Paddle Day saying, Burl, haven't you always dreamed of working full time at the Mighty 95? Poor Father Duffy hit a train today.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, Burl, you've had good luck
0: in life. I've had good luck. Strange coincidence such as that. Yes.
2: I've had good luck, too. I mean, I think so many people have wanted to uh, write books about an experience like prison, because writing the book redeems it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, gives, it gives the lost time a little bit of sense, and in, in my case, you know, I, I wish I could have gotten a little more press, a little more uh, attention. I hope the book sells well, but at least now when you Google me, it'll come up that I wrote this book forever, you know, even if it's out of print. So
1: at least all the time that I wasted some. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you so you so, write you wrote the book. You, you had to go through uh, a, a large range of emotions uh, uh, oh, going through sure. and writing the material because you had to live it then relive it.
2: Yeah. Yes, I relived it. I relived it, then I relived it again in editing, then I relived it again when I I read the audio book because I, I they actually hired me to do the narration.
0: Did you pay yourself well.
2: Well, I think I played myself quite well. But I saw that that well, this is very funny, bro. I saw that on one of the reviews online. It said that uh, the book is very interesting, but they should really have gotten a better narrator. Because <laughs> this one, this, this, it says that this one thinks that he's a young Woody Allen. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm a young Woody Allen. But I don't understand how this guy could have not realized the author of the narrator. I wanted to say it.
0: But he didn't read the liner notes. That reminds me of the fellow who reviewed the uh, John Lennon single, I don't know whether it was A Woman's the Nigger of the World or Power to the People or one of those. And it was a test pressing. And so one side was the song. The other side was nothing. If you put a needle on there, you got a variety of tones just by accident. He reviewed both sides of the record.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thought that side, too, was a great piece of experimental music.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening. I was just in the museum with the Park Ropsco. That's that's what sometimes
1: feels like that. You know, people just don't make an effort. I put in three to four hours of uh, (laughs) effort, uh, show prep for the show.
2: That's uh, right. Listening
1: to uh, other interviews like you have done, uh, and then coming up with questions that didn't get answered. I was, I was listening in high school, local radio, and they had the carpenters on. And it was clear that the person doing the interview had no clue who they were. Now, did you learn to use a hammer first or a nail? No. He, <laughs> he asked them how long they had been married. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, incest is best with the filters is uh, say. And the, uh, I, it, there was that pregnant pause, and Karen said three years. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's good. That's good. You know, you've got to make an effort.
0: There's a uh, Joaquin Phoenix, you can see this on YouTube, where he goes to the press and they ask him the same questions that he's been asked a thousand times before. He says, don't you guys read each other's interviews? (laughs) (laughs) I've been asked that question a thousand times. Why do you got to ask
1: it again? (laughs) So I try try to look for things that are interesting. You read a thousand and some books for this uh, book. For, the, for, for your but to keep alive and to stay sane in prison. Did you yes. find anything in those books that still happened today in prison? Absolutely.
2: It was the weirdest thing. I was reading a really old one. I was reading Dostoevsky's uh, House of the Dead and a reading about how Dostoevsky's sitting in a the- cell in Siberia and that there's a guy next to him who's carving a chess set that he wants to sell to Dostoevsky, because Dostoevsky's a gentleman and must have money, you know? Mm. And as I'm reading this, there's a guy in a cell right next to me who's using spit and paper to make a paper mache chess set that he thinks he's going to sell to me because I must have money and be the kind of idiot who wants a chess set (laughs) made out of spit and paper. Uh... (laughs) But he, you know, I told him He's I don't like want a Time loop. <laughs> yeah, it, it, listen, separated by 200 years, but separated by an ocean, by a language, by confidence, it's just amazing how, how the condition of incarceration just gives us the same uh, things that, that that repeat over and over. You know, the same cruelties, the same dreams, the, 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 the same sexual frustrations. The same hunters, It's all the same. It's just a factor of incarceration.
1: Yeah, it's a human condition. It doesn't matter where yes, you are, when you yes, are. It same.
2: appears that incarceration is rather inhuman because yes. it seems to cause unnatural things to happen. I mean, grown men who are professional masturbators, you They're know. Professional they get um, paid. Well, they don't I get, could be don't rich by
1: now. Yeah, I had a
2: friend who once mentioned uh, that, can you imagine the rivers of semen that get flushed down the toilets here every day? And uh, he was right. I, know, I mean, I never really thought of it before, but he was correct. It must have been a lot.
1: Um, um, I've met uh, a couple of people that don't, uh, that made money donating uh, their sperm. So, in a but, sense, they uh, were professional. Yes,
2: they would be more professional. Than but they,
1: they didn't just do it once or twice. They did it weekly. Well, yeah. buy,
0: that's because her arms got tired. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they must
2: have been, uh, you know, high achievers. Like, uh, you know, you have to be, you have
0: to have, you have to be a somebody. Be somebody. I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, it was so disillusioned because there's a very famous scene in On the Waterfront between Carl Malden and Marlon Brando. And then it goes with a long shot of Brando getting another the car and he gets out of the other side of the car a little continuity Mr. yeah it's means he had to crawl over a car ball to get out
1: uh huh yeah uh huh uh-huh. that kind of ruined it for me but- okay so um there are a lot of uh, euphemisms that come out of prison life what is boffing boofing boofing
2: yes so, boofing is, is using your, your uh, rear end as, as a storage, jet, storage locker. Uh, usually, <laughs> they, they take a, either a piece of plastic if they can't get a condom. Condoms are illegal inside. But, uh, you know, balloons work as well, children's balloons. You know, you, you wrap up your drugs or whatever it is, as little as you can. If you're doing that, if you're smuggling in weed, usually they tamp it down with water and make this super hard little uh, but, like little plug. nuggets of it, and then they uh, they wrap it up. They usually put a piece of fabric softener in, just because the fabric softener the smell of it will, you know. So then you you put it into a balloon or a condom, and you put as many layers as you can of rubber uh, by you know flipping it over and over and over. And then you put lubrication and oh, you nice. flip it in. And once you, listen, it sounds awful, right? Yeah. But once you get it past the entrance, you cannot feel it.
1: I uh, Tell my hemorrhoids like, that. Tell my hands that.
2: I've had hemorrhoids. It's awful. But it's <laughs> not. Somehow, once you get up, there's no nerves there, I suppose. You, it's not like walking around with a stick up your ass or uh, whatever. Up yeah,
0: I are. hate that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, what right? You hate without help? Uh, so it's y- not like that. Once you've got the thing boofed, it's it. And uh, in fact, it can be hard to get it out. Uh, <laughs> well, one of the to little tricks of the trade is to drink uh, warm water with shampoo in it. Really? Yes, that will lubricate your entire piping and uh, will help you slip things out.
1: Yeah. It's so like, oh, so things are clean, too. <laughs> <laughs> you were in solitary no, but, when you had a roommate yeah. uh, using this storage facility for something interesting.
2: In means, means the, you me the guy with the tobacco in there? Yes. So we, so he got the tobacco out and we smoked it. And oh. let me tell you, every single drag, Tasted like a mouthful of shit. <laughs> it was horrible. No matter how much he wrapped it, no, what a good job he did. It was still completely, <laughs> completely stuffed full of this terrible taste and smell. But you know something? You we smoked it anyway. anyway. Yep. Yeah,
1: well, but <laughs> you, you know, you survived with. That was it. Was survival mode because the tobacco was huh. currency?
2: Absolutely. I quit smoking then. I, I don't. Anymore, so I can't even imagine doing that now. But at the time, you know, it seemed natural.
0: It's a good thing you weren't addicted to chicken pot pies.
2: That's a little odd. <laughs> I'll take you, there. You'll never guess
0: what I got in my ass, Daniel.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, but you know, they were way too hot to you know, Yeah, Yeah.
0: Those little tins they come in, yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> I difficult. just
2: ate one of those the other day. Now I have to think about I it. you got to think
1: about it. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> you've mentioned many uh, a number of times how, um, despite everyone being around, how lonely. Uh, prison can be. Absolutely.
2: It's the situation of absolute loneliness in a sea of people. It's such a strange thing because not only are, are you uh, around people who you can see, I mean, you can smell the people around you. You you are being jostled by them. The conditions in prison are crowded. And yet, you can never really be yourself and never, you know... You, you, you always feel like you're alone because you never really let your guard down. I I felt lonely for ten years.
0: Oh okay, God, that's awful. But you got to have some conjugate conjugate your verbs and adjectives with. Yes,
2: you? yes. So forty four hours of conjugal visits once every ninety days for the first four years.
0: You know, uh, I think your your wife deserves an award, not for the conjugal visits. That's a different award. But, I mean, yeah. you got busted. You hadn't been married that long.
2: Yeah, right? I believe six months.
0: Six months and she suddenly finds out that her beloved new hubby <laughs> is a, 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 a criminal junkie. A
2: a criminal, yeah. I'm That's surprised right.
0: she didn't walk back to Serbia or where, wherever she
2: came from. Hungary. Well, I, I certainly, I, I told her, I told her, you should probably leave. You're beautiful and smart and competent, you know? She, she could have had anybody and she waited for me
0: that's amazing I'm uh, I'm very impressed with her
1: God bless her. hey God bless so, uh, what's the name of your book the name of the book is Cesson
2: it came out in February of 2042
0: from Viking by Daniel Jennings by yeah, buy, buy, so buy several copies, please. <laughs> Thanks for coming, sir. It's always really a pleasure, Daniel. To Hope to see you soon. Coming to West Coast Tour. Thank you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> All right. Mr. Pearl Bear. Yeah. What would be next?
0: Magic Man Allen the Demons of Decadence. Live from OutlawRadioLive.com. Oh, it's so exciting.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.